Hey, hey, Prime members, talking to you. You can listen to CBS Mornings on the go ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. June's Journey is a fascinating hidden object mystery gaming app where you'll play as June Parker, tasked with a daunting obligation, solve your sister's murder. Set in the 1920s, the era of glitz and glam, this family mystery is one for the ages. Everyone's a suspect until your investigation determines otherwise. The clues are all around you, hidden within tricky twists and turns. You'll collect detailed information about each character in your photo album where you'll comb over every detail. You can even join a detective's club to chat and play with others or against them in the detective's league. With hundreds of puzzles to solve, you should probably get started today. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. But this has been a time-honored springtime tradition. What does spring represent? It represents a lot of things. But I think if you were to look it up, I guarantee you the word hope is going to be in there. And I think that you're going to walk away on both of these rebroadcasts. And if hope's something you're looking for right now, you're going to look at that and say, they had to have it, or it wouldn't have happened. I'm Gail King. I'm Anthony Mason. And I'm Tony DeCopo. And this is the CBS This Morning Podcast. Hi, I'm Dana Jacobson, co-host of CBS This Morning Saturday. CBS Sports lead play-by-play analyst Jim Nance is known as the voice of March and April, thanks to his call of the NCAA's March Madness and the Masters Golf Tournament. But with the coronavirus pandemic silencing sports, Jim, like so many of us, has found himself staying home with his family recently. He joined me via Zoom to discuss how he's been passing the time and even CBS Sports's Masters Rewind. Here's our conversation. Feel like Jim, I just want to say, can I steal your line and just say hello, friend? Uh, that's nice to hear. Absolutely, you can. Uh, it's wonderful to see you. Hello, friend, to you. I, I have to say, these are, of course, impossible times for any of us to try to get our minds completely around it. And I'm just happy to be talking to uh, someone I've known a long time. I mean, it's it's just weird, and I I don't remember who said this to me exactly the first time, but you really are the voice of March and April. And to have your voice silenced the way sports has been silenced right now, what has that been like for you? I've been fine. I've had a lot of people that want to go into that uh, time warp and remind me of where I'm supposed to be, taking me out of the present. (laughs) So, I mean, it's a daily occurrence. I, I lived it through the NCAA tournament dates right up through this past Monday. I mean, Monday, the number of texts and emails and phone calls, you know you'd be walking to Mercedes-Benz Stadium right now, right? You know that uh, we're rehearsing the opening uh, with you and, and Raft and Grant right now and Tracy. Yes, I'm, I'm aware. Hey, how does one shining moment look tonight? So I've kind of lived through that. And now it's, it, it's all coming again. And I expected it because it's Masters Week. And it's a good feeling when people want to associate me with both of, of those events, the final four, the NCAs, and the Masters. But uh, we've all got greater things to be concerned with than, um, than things that we're missing out on. Uh, you know, you have to really understand where, where all of this falls uh, in the universe. Those of us who live uh, in a sports universe, sure, we miss it. I mean, we miss it uh, more than we can express. Uh, and we know that one day they'll come back around again. But more than anything, my attention 
and my heart goes out to all the people who have fallen victim to this. And uh, that's my greatest concern. In as much as I've been able to get to know you now over the years, that is exactly how I would expect you to feel and, and expect you to say. It, it, it's also an opportunity for some of us who never get to be home, to be home like for you. Yeah. What has that time been like to be able to be around your family? It took probably 10 days before everything got back in sync in terms of realizing that you're not running to catch another plane. You don't have to memorize eight different basketball teams for this coming weekend. Uh, and to fall back into a role um, that's the most important role of all, and that's being a husband and a father. And so you hate to try to talk about positives or blessings because it's just such a crisis and there's been uh, – you know, such a dark side to all this for so many people and our hearts and prayers go out to all of them. But in that little silver lining, the, the chance to drop out of the world and be able to train your attention on the things that really are the most important things you're going to ever do in your life. Um, it's, it, that part has been a blessing. I think you can relate to that. And I happen to live in a place in California that's a, a resort community, and the resort here at Pebble Beach is closed down, so it's not busy. Uh, there are a lot of second homeowners that uh, that have their homes here, but they're not apparently showing up, so it's extremely quiet. And, uh, you know, our days consist of uh, new activities. My wife is, uh, she's just amazing. Uh, she can get more done in a day than anyone I've ever known. Uh, and all with a loving touch. And our children, um, first off, I have my oldest daughter, Caroline, up from Los Angeles. She's been with us for the last month, and I'm just loving to have that time with her. And then our little ones are six and four, and that's been riding bikes with training wheels, trying to get to that point where we can take the training wheels off. We're close. This is like a day-by-day -day thing. It could be any hour now. Uh, we've hit golf balls. My my son, who's four, Jameson, has taken to golf. He's got a crazy great golf swing, um, and he just can't get enough of that. A lot of family walks, uh, and how great is that? I mean, and I don't want to sound like I'm oblivious to what's going on in the world. All no. of this, of course, is with a heavy heart, but it's uh, it's been uh, treasured, treasured family time for sure, Dana. Yeah, I think... I think everybody is trying to make the most of where they are and what they're doing. And I don't think it belittles everything else going on. Um, it's the situation that we're all in right now. Um, with so much family being around, is, are you walking into rooms and just doing play-by-play -play of what the family <laughs> I've tried. <laughs> I've tried to put the play-by-play -play aside for a while. Uh, I guess sometimes I almost can't help myself. Yes, I, I saw some video, actually. I was going to say, you do, for, but not completely. Story on the video that I saw on Twitter of you doing play-by-play -play with one of the greatest trick shots I've seen in a long time. It's that glorious time of the year. Basketball and golf back-to-back. -back. Luca hits the running three. And now quickly, in transition, Christian gets the assist on the camera toss. On to the links where Marco will challenge the ever-swirling winds on this downhill approach. 
this poor birdie. Good friend Pete Radovich, who is a creative genius. That was a, a, a video put together by his three boys, who uh, started out on the top floor of their house and ended up with hitting a a, a, a golf ball or throwing it initially, and then watching it come from the second floor down to the main floor, down some stairs into the basement and into the cup. So in collaboration with Pete. It was an honor to, to do something for that family. That was great fun. Uh, but other than that, I've set back too. And when the time is right, uh, I'm certainly not sitting and watching the rewind of, of every game, but sometimes you'll see, oh, over on um, CBS or CBS Sports Network, hey, look at that. They're re replaying the national championship game from 2012. I'd never seen it before. Oh, there's 1997. I never saw that. So I like to, uh, to just listen in and see what it sounds like for a few trips up and down the floor. And usually uh, I cringe and walk away and find something else to do. Uh, being able to have some fun and do play-by-play -play for that trick shot that people saw on Twitter, does it I'm trying to think of the question almost to ask. I guess being able to have some fun and do play-by-play -play for a trick shot instead of something that is monumental, just a moment of fun. Is that nice for you to be able to have those moments as well? I think we all need it, don't we? I think we all need a chance to laugh a little bit. And I think it's also really cool to see what's going on in other homes, ways that people are entertaining themselves. And I know that family and they're great kids. And uh, I know that it's in their DNA because of their parents. Uh, there are some really super creative genes that are uh, 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 in those kids. And for them to mastermind uh, everything from a, a hair dryer to a ramp that's positioned up against a row of Emmys that belong to their dad. Um, and then the ball ends up hopping down the steps and I was able to transition to my golf voice, this for birdie. Um, it was fun and hey, laughter is good. You know, if it's at the appropriate time. And I think that, yeah, this is a time where you measure many, many things. I, I, I do feel like we've been on this, at least I can speak for, for, for my world, and I know you're going to agree. We're on a treadmill all the time. It's a checklist. I've got to be here today at this hour at this place and got to run over. I got to finish that feature. I got to write this piece. I got to get on this plane. And you're just running all the time. You're running all the time. All of a sudden, uh, everyone, our society has hit the pause button on life and uh, we're off the treadmill. And now we have a chance to get a full view of what, what our world probably should be a whole lot more of. Now, how we go back now that it's been recalibrated and how we go back and not go back to just running that treadmill at 7.4 and get back into that race and still make sure that we're out um, running alongside the kids when they're learning to ride a bike or standing there when they're trying to hit a golf ball or hearing what's important to them right now or riding a bike, a two-seater bike, and your kids are with you and they're laughing as you're going as fast as you feel safe going down a hill and they want you to go faster and all of these things that are joyous and as good as it gets for them, 
it needs to become as good as it gets for us on a regular basis, not to evaluate your life on your latest show. Obviously, you still got to do your job. And you've got to um, do what you were trained to do and the gift that you've been given to do that. But uh, yeah, I think we're all going to squeeze in some more time marching on when we get through this um, as citizens of the world. And I think we're all going to have some positives to take out of this in terms of how we allocate our time. I know I am. I, I am as well. And it was, it's time to reflect whether you're almost forced to, whether you want to or not. Along those lines, a little reflection from you, you mentioned the golf voice, and that would be the voice that we were hearing this week. It's gonna be a different masters that we watch because this is a look back at ones that we've seen. For you, this is almost like a tradition unlike any other in how you're doing this masters. What has that process been like for you getting this show ready? We have Phil Mickelson on Saturday on Zoom, just like we are right now looking back at his epic win of 2004. First time I had seen the broadcast again, and Phil is right with me. He's at his home um, 300 miles south of me in California. And we're going through segments and situations, and I'm doing play-by-play, and he's being the analyst. And, I mean, it was just outstanding. That airs uh, uh, today at 2.30 Eastern time. And tomorrow is Tiger. At 12.30, 12.30, so I know it's a little different time. Um, doesn't quite roll off the tongue being at the top of an hour. It's actually the bottom of the hour at 12.30 of his win a year ago. And on Wednesday, we visited with Tiger. Same treatment as Phil. Tiger was at his home in Florida. We were on our computers, and we went back through it. And uh, he was tremendous just going through all the key situations. You're going to be blown away by the attention to detail that they have. Uh, for the recall of the moment, what they were feeling, what the wind was blowing off this tree over here. And I saw this bush was moving a little bit. So I was saying, wait, the, the air, yeah, let's see here at 12, I got to play uh, uh, eight iron instead of a nine iron. I mean, it was just uh, rich with, uh, with a look at what was inside their heads and inside their hearts because those were emotional wins. So I'm grateful uh, to both of them. They wanted to be involved. And I think it gives both of these broadcasts uh, a really special treatment. Uh, I think there are going to be a lot of people this weekend that want to watch the Masters again. They, 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 they need that experience. They're, they're just, um, they're trained, uh, they're accustomed, they're yeah. wired. They're wired for that second weekend in, in April to be looking at golf from Augusta. And I'm so proud of the job that they did and what our production team has done to put these shows together. You said that perfectly because that, that's just it. We are wired for the second weekend in April to be watching the Masters. Personally, I can't think of a better one to watch than Tiger's win last year because of the full story that it told. I know, I think it was one of the articles I read where you reflected upon you know, both of those shots, um, Tiger hugging his father when he first won and Tiger hugging his kids when he won last year. When you've looked back now, does that still have that same feeling for you when you look back on that Tiger victory from last year? Every bit as much as it did that day. And I don't know if you remember, but once he knocked the final putt in and I exclaimed that it was the return to glory, Nick Faldo, my partner and I, uh, we laid out for a couple of minutes and 
and rightfully so. There was no reason to insert ourselves over this incredible scene. And then you saw the hug as he's walking off the green um, with his girlfriend, Erica, his daughter, Sam, his mother, Cotita, and then his son, Charlie. And you had to juxtapose, and here I was in both occasions there to, to, to watch it and try to document it. But there we were in 97 watching a father hugging a son. And 22 years later, this comeback story, seeing, again, a father hugging a son, but the son from the first time is now in the role of a father. I believe this, and I know people say, oh, there goes Nance getting carried away again. But this is what's in my heart. I just tell people what I feel. So if it's too much for them, if it's too sentimental or nostalgic, I, you know, some like it, some don't. That's just the way I'm wired. I can tell you, I was moved. I was moved. I think a lot of people were moved watching it. And I'll even say this, on Wednesday, when Tiger watched it again, and we were on a Zoom setup just like this, he even said, you can hear him get choked up. He said, this is really emotional for me to watch. And it's the most, I would say it's probably the most emotion I've ever seen from Tiger was when we were watching on Wednesday. You'll, you'll see it tomorrow on our broadcast. Uh, and it was good to see. I think his message, the way he played, is just what we need right now. A turnaround story about being on top. The world was in a pretty good place, it felt like. You know, I mean, economy was great and all these things. Um, I'm not being political here. I'm just talking about, you know, we were marching on. Nobody saw this pandemic coming. And, and then all of a sudden, it's, it's all taken away from you. I'm drawing parallels between where we are as a universe and where Tiger's golf game is. Forgive me for a moment. I'm going to make this, this metaphor. But then he comes all the way back. And he wins in 2019. I think a comeback story about facing odds and being down and the despair that comes with it, but knowing that there's hope and there's victory and there's joy at the end of this, this is a very well-timed rewind of a broadcast. It packs a powerful message. They're going to have the Masters Tournament again. As you know, the date's been moved to November, November 12th through the 15th. But this has been a time-honored springtime tradition. What does spring represent? It represents a lot of things. But I think if you were to look it up, I guarantee you the word hope is going to be in there. And for just a moment, if you have a chance this weekend, I'm not trying to sell anybody anything. I'm not trying to promote it. Um, people are going to find it anyway. I think that you're going to walk away on both of these rebroadcasts. And if hope's something you're looking for right now, you're going to look at that and say, they had to have it or it wouldn't have happened. And uh, that's the thing I'm excited about. Before I let you go, one thought that came across my mind, and you may have given this no thought, but sports usually brings us together. It's our unifier. I know people can't wait to get back until we have sports again. We have no idea when that is. That almost doesn't matter. But because sports means so much to people, and your voice means so much to people, have well, you thought about that first broadcast back and what you may say or what may be different? No, I truly haven't thought about how that's going to be handled because I don't think any of us know when that's going to be. Again, the hope 
uh, and the optimism that I, I know I'm a positive minded person. So I believe we're going to be back doing this. I'm not going to put a date on it, but I can't wait for that occasion. I don't know how I'm going to handle that moment. Uh, thank you for saying my, my, all those things about my voice. Um, it's my father's voice. Um, I've never tried to figure out how to pitch my voice or anything like that. This guy right here, that's my dad. That guy is the most positive guy in the world. I lost him in 2008 and, um, I miss him all the time, but I, I got that, uh, whatever that vibe about being optimistic and believing in people. My dad, you know, people say that a lot, uh, but it's really true. He never had a negative thing to say about anyone. And he was so darn nice that sometimes I think maybe if you look back on his life, maybe some, sometimes he got taken advantage of because he was just so darn nice. But you know, John Wooden said this to me one time, and this was how my father lived. He believed in people and he would rather believe in everybody and be disappointed some of the time. Maybe people let him down or they don't reciprocate. He would rather believe in everyone, believe in you and be disappointed every once in a while instead of never believing in people and being disappointed all the time. If you don't believe, if you if you don't have that optimism, well, we're talking about faith here, maybe bottom line. If you don't have it, you're going to walk around always being sour, always being disappointed. But if you want to have sunshine in your heart, admit it and share it with others. Um, that's a better way to go. And I believe in that right now. That's beautiful, Jim. Thank you. Thank you. And I miss my father. Thanks, Dan. I lost him in uh, 2000. Oh, gosh, I'm going to get teary thinking about it. Um, yeah. I lost him in 2011, and uh, mm. it's not get easier. But he lives on in us, you know? They live that's on right. in right. And when you said that about your dad, I'm like, that's you. You're describing you. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm, greatest compliment somebody could give me. So thank, thank you. you for that. Thank you for mentioning a tradition unlike any uh, other. I, I mean, I had, to, I, I, had to, I had to say it at some point this weekend, and uh, it needed to be right here. So thank you, Dana. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the CBS's Morning Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to get your morning news in under 20 minutes and daily podcast originals. You can watch the CBS's Morning Broadcast Monday through Saturday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on your local CBS station or live on the CBS All Access app. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to CBS Mornings on the go ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most watched news magazine show, as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus. Stephen Colbert here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with my producer, Becca. Becca, what's what's up? So The Late Show Pod Show is everything you love about The Late Show on oh, a I podcast. Want, I want to know about you. Oh. Enough. We, 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 people see everybody in an ad talks about the thing they're trying to sell. Oh. I'd like to know about you, the person behind creating the podcast. 
oh, I'm having a really good day. Barry baked some bread, and my friend Kara got me some chicken salad. It's a really nice day in the office today. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.